Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to episode 376 of the podcast with my first official boy of summer, uh, the wonderful comedian Dwayne Kennedy. He is, oh gosh, he's been around uh, enough and long enough to be a huge influence on some comedians, even if you're not as familiar with Dwayne. Uh, he is so beloved. You know, I hate the words comedian's comedian. I'm not sure why I hate them so much, but I think it's just because maybe they get overused. Uh, but this is truly the case with Dwayne. I'm such a fan of his and I was so, so excited to sit down and, and chat with him. Um, I say first official boy of summer. Uh, this is going to be kind of the first summer for me anyway that I'm loosening up on that stuff a little bit. Um, as you know, or anybody who's kind of listened to the podcast for a few years or for many episodes now, you know that I started the podcast uh, with the intention of having more women's voices um, in podcasting because eight years ago, the landscape was very different than it is now. And I also wanted to, you know, have the opportunity to talk about um, certain issues and stuff that was maybe centered a little bit more on, you know, people who identify as women that being said I got excited about representing other folks so things have widened out over the time and I've had my boys of summer series but I also kind of just want to be able to talk about other stuff if stuff's pressing if stuff uh, if I have the opportunity to talk to someone like Colin about um, things that are happening in the world that I feel passionate about that I know many of you feel passionate about I want to have the opportunity to do that so um, you're gonna have some boys of summer you're gonna have uh, some some non-boys some all kinds of stuff happening this summer and I'm excited about it and I think you will be too um, just another quick note uh, if you are a Max Fun member if you support the JV Club podcast as a member of Maximum Fun I want to thank you and to let you know that every penny that I uh, that comes to me from the Maximum Fun side from your membership is being donated um, either to a uh, queer positive project or organization or to something like the Legal Defense Fund uh, of the NAACP, it's my pleasure and privilege to go ahead and push your money over to those organizations as a way of celebrating um, you and and me having you as listeners and also being able to support some great causes. You can become a member of MaxFun anytime. It's not MaxFun Drive. This is just a note from me because I love MaxFun. I love what they do and it's listener supported. So um, this is just me, JV, saying if you feel comfortable joining or continuing your membership we all know that times are very strange and uncertain right now so we love you no matter what but if you have the opportunity to be a member that's where I'm coming from on it um and uh hopefully you will be getting lots of back kind of back issue stuff from me that uh, makes it worth your while as well if you support the JV Club so that's it um you are wonderful I hope you enjoy this episode and I look forward to bringing you more this summer We're just going to talk about you and your new album in your teen years. So whatever feels right to, to talk about for you, I'm so, so game to, uh, yeah, to talk about. Whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, whatever you want to talk about. That was, you know? yeah. Well, that, that was definitely something that, you know, I mean, that definitely crossed my mind. I saw a couple of, I, I'm not a great person for social media i find that i you and me both i, I, I disappear I, I mean i don't I, I don't disappear into it in a good way like i'm not like oh god i just got lost in all of this i disappear into it like i i so two hours has passed and i have managed to construct one tweet like i don't know how <laughs> that happened do you know what i mean like i like was i how did that time pass and so compared to me then you would be prolific <laughs> So you understand. You understand. 
I don't know how people are just like churning out. Like I'm proud of myself when I complete one Instagram post. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I did it. I'm done for the day. I'm so proud of myself. And then other people are just like, they're constantly posting. And right now I'm trying to kind of step up my game because, you know, I have, you know, I have enough of a community of people that I want to make it abundantly clear. Although I think they already know that, you know, Mm -hmm. I believe in activism and that I, that I certainly uh, stand alongside everybody who's making their voices heard but at the same time you know I do get kind of sucked into it and you know it, it it's tough because like I I, I want to make sure that I'm acting and behaving and being a good human being outside of what I'm posting on social media so that's remains a long time problem for me yeah and, well and I think I mean that's right that's more important than being great on social media I mean if you're trying to you know I guess what is it build your following and your brand and all that yeah, stuff I'm but real just bad being at that. A, a good per- <laughs> yeah me too man my brand building sucks <laughs> I don't, it's just you not know? it doesn't my, even yeah. my brand is that i suck at building a brand <laughs> i find it very appealing so you've got a fan you've got a fan in the brand of sucking <laughs> yeah. at building a brand uh so yeah. but but i saw you know i did see a couple you know, there's always going to be at least a couple in terms of like what I see in my very small sphere of the uh, of whatever I come across in the minimal time I'm there. But, you know, I saw some I saw some tweets, you know, about, you know, s- something would come from from a gentleman who is, you know, saying what about what about all the other people of color? And, you know, um, and and so I did that. You know, I certainly do think in, in times like this, like the hardest thing to hear sometimes uh, is that, you know, somebody with whom you hope you will be aligned in terms of your like what your values are and what you think is wrong with this country uh, mm-hmm. ends up sort of backfiring in some way um, and and creating that that kind of tension like or or you know exacerbating existing tension not to say it like came out of nowhere but you know right that hear, right. hearing about that in in Chicago is you know that's yeah, it's distressing it's distressing but hopefully hopefully that'll calm down and and certainly that's, you know, not all the Latinos here that are doing that, you know, by far. And there's a lot of Latinos that are speaking up and, you know, aligning themselves. And so, you know, but it's just, uh, just some of the, which, and I, I, I don't even really have an issue with uh, folks just being out there trying to protect their property if that's what they're doing. But don't be, you know, just snatching people out of cars who are driving past. You can't do that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> only the yeah. cops can do that. Right. That's the cops. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, right. That job has already been That's taken. Right. So you uh, you horning in on somebody else's job. That's right. Thank you for seeing it for what it is and understanding what is wrong with it, because it may have been unclear to people what we were really saying. We're saying, please don't take the cops. Right. Because um, right. then that and then and that we'd be another way to indict Latinos for taking all the jobs. Now they're taking that job. That's right. They're taking it. <laughs> they want the jobs none of us want except cops. Right. Right. Oh man. How do you? How are you feeling the, about all this? How How are you feeling? Is it? Is there a feeling of like this means something? Is there a feeling of God? I hope this sticks. Yes, you hit it exactly, Janet. I hope it sticks because, I mean, I haven't seen anything to this degree in my whole life, but I've seen similar things to, to what at the time were the you know civil uprisings to the greatest degree that ever happened prior to this. You know what I mean? Every time it happened. But then ultimately, everything seemed like it just goes back to regular, you know? How exhausting. uh, How exhausting to want to show up for something and feel... I mean, that's that's not to say, again, that's sort of the plight of the black citizen. Uh, If you keep showing up for something uh, on a daily basis, not just one movement not just one moment in time not just one person who's killed but to keep trying to show up and hope other people will show up with you and then hope they actually like something changes how how right. f- how fucking exhausting how exhausting yeah that's why i've, I've uh i've given up no i haven't given up. <laughs> <laughs> well it's been great talking to you Dwayne. it's been a real pleasure i gotta go you- uh <laughs> You might be exhausted, but I gave up a long time ago. <laughs> I'm refreshed and yeah. But I mean, yeah, we'll see. But it, again, you know, it's one of those things where you, we won't really know what the significance of this 
event is and what these moments are until you know down the line in retrospect to see that okay people started to enact fundamental significant actual changes to dis you know i don't know they say dismantle white supremacy but just to dismantle white uh uh impediment yeah you know that's the thing and because really if if there was a true will and desire for societal equity you know for all people to have an opportunity yeah. that's that's basically it because it's not you know you nobody can be guaranteed success quote unquote at anything but just to, to have a legitimate opportunity yes. that could happen tomorrow yes if 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 um business owners i think you know economic justice if business owners if you know apple and all those other corporations and, and even and smaller corporations if the people who run those companies decided you know what we're going to be serious for real about hiring women and and black folks and, and i'm right now speaking about black people just because sure. that's you know this is kind of the anti-blackness thing but everybody everybody who's not really being hired in a in a fair and equitable way or being oppor- afforded opportunity in a fair and equitable way if if those business people were to say you know we're going to bring these people in give them a legitimate chance and to ascend this this could be i think a lot of things could be resolved i mean economics isn't everything but a lot of it is just because people are just poor and limited right. you know um and get frustrated and then I was telling somebody, you know, and I, in a way, I get tired, not tired, but, you know, people always say, well, why do, why do the black people, why do the blacks, uh, <laughs> why do they tear up their own community? Why? Uh, yeah. Which some, like it is, needs to be answered, so, but it's also, that's like, I, I, I sort of feel like you could put it together if you really did your homework, but, but at the same time, it's like, I get it. Like, of course that needs to be answered. You know, yeah. if you want to, if you want people yeah. to understand, but at the same time, it's not like that much of a stretch, but anyway. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, I, I think a, a, not the only, certainly not the only component, right? but one thing is if you don't, if you, if you exist in a place, you know, you barely survive and you, you know, you, you're kind of on the margins and the conditions are thus that you don't really like you don't feel included yeah. and you kind of shown and it's demonstrated that you aren't included, not only that you aren't included, but that you are sort of scorned and, and you live in a neighborhood where most of the police that you see, most of the cops are white, you know? Yep. So you feel like you're living in occupied territory. You don't really have a connection. I mean, you live there, but it's, there's nothing that you, you don't really have a, a, necessarily a stake mm-hmm. in the community yeah. and they don't seem like they have a stake in you so hey man things jump off and, and it's been shown i mean you, you see on television and in the media that the driving force of uh, the american uh economy is stuff you know get stuff you if you get things and you buy this thing and all these things and that gives you value as a human being well i don't i don't can't afford to get those things so i guess you're saying i have no value so now it's an opportunity for me to go get some stuff so I can have some value because obviously you've, you've prioritized having stuff over me, you know, having things as a value over my humanity. So now I'm just going to hit you where you live. I'm going to get some stuff. And also you seem to value that more than me. So if I, if I start burning stuff down, tearing stuff up, now you'll listen yeah. because ironically you see some of the, these laws now or these motions and these, uh, um, to like, you know, I think there's something going on right now and, Minneapolis, or I don't know if this entire state of Minnesota, but they're changing some of their policing laws. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other side of it is that I'm sure there were black folks and, you know, not just black people, but some other, you know, people of goodwill trying to get those laws changed for years. So that's the other thing about America. I mean, America is a violent place. You know, America regards violence. They, they put a premium on that. So it's like, as long as you're trying to neco- negotiate with us in a civil way, yeah, beat it. Yeah. But once you start tearing stuff up, now you've got their ear. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, we better we better start changing some laws. You know, we. but you could have done that in the first I place. I know. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I, I think 
the 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 piece for me to well first of all i want to say quickly that um i in a recent uh podcast that i regularly listen to they had a then an expert on um who is uh who's a professor at a at a a college in in Minnesota who uh, ran through all of the police reform that has already happened in mm-hmm. Minnesota, and so some of this, depressingly, is like a fuck you from cops who don't care for the reform that was already put in place. It's like yeah. a child rebelling against their parents, costing the lives yeah. of people. Like, you know what? Right. Fuck you. I you're not the, you're not in charge of me. I'm a cop. Like, I don't care what what right. what stuff you've already put in place. Like, there's, you know, that's and that I think was the the, the thing that rang out very quickly from, you know, people yeah, in law right. enforcement who it's, aren't horrible people who are like nobody's getting taught to put their fucking knee on a neck. Like, that's not getting taught in any kind of, you know, like, well, we got to change the way pe- policemen are taught. Well, no one's taught that. You know, but but right. but there are lots of things around that that are still being taught or they're being taught behind the scenes, like in the good old boys, you know, those moments like here's what you learn. Mm-hmm. And then and even that is wildly imperfect and needs reform. And then you go out and somebody whose dad's dad is dad was a cop who's like, you know, like king of the hill in, in some precinct who's <laughs> like, let me tell you how we really do it. Like that's right, a real thing, right, you know. For real, yeah, that's that is a real thing. So, and, and that's that's the other the other part of it is, and like you were saying earlier, are things going to really change? It really doesn't. In some ways, it doesn't matter. You can have all the laws you want to have, man. If people don't have a will yeah. and a des- genuine desire to do something, it won't be done. You know, you can't legislate human nature. So I don't know, and I don't know how you do this. I, I think some of the ways are through media, and. I don't know what else, but, you know, like I said, is economic opportunity where people can start to actually have encounters with people who are not like them in a way that's not in a, in a more a benign yeah. way. So you just start to see the humanity of a person. So then that cop, because, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, not just white folks, but people are tribal. They s- stay with their their groups generally. So what is it that they said? The echo chamber. So now. Yeah. If if you all you hang out is with a certain group of people who believe a certain thing, and you all just reinforce each other's biases and ignorances, then it doesn't matter what the training manual says. Like you said, yeah. Um, so people have to just start to deal with each other at human level and just start to to just engage with one another, just so you can see another person's humanity, and then you take you take that to work with you. Absolutely. You know. Oh, I think that's a really scary thing for for people who are who've been raised a certain way or who are who, you know who come from a certain environment. It's it's really mm-hmm. it's really scary to let go of the idea that you have what you have because you deserve it on some sort of right. fundamental level that isn't just well right, you're you're right. you came out of this woman's vagina and this other person came right. out of this woman's vagina and it might as well have been flipped. You were born into everything you're born into. Does that, you know, does that mean that there's not like some sort of genetics? Well, yeah, if I'm predisposed to have, you know, uh, hair loss or whatever, but like, you know, there's (laughs) this, but it's very, very uncomfortable for somebody who, you know, and I say that as a person who, you know, didn't grow up with much, but I did grow up, you know, white and a cute girl with blonde hair and blue eyes. It's uncomfortable for people uh, who were raised a certain way or who are have been taught to live with a certain kind of fear to imagine Mm -hmm. that you you really got lucky (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. you just don't you're not you cannot look at uh you know somebody who's like i'm you know i'm from arizona tucson arizona i can't look at somebody who was born black in arkansas the exact same year on the exact same day as me and me go i don't know what to say i just i'm me you know, I just right. I I got, you know, I kind of deserve what I have in a way that 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 person doesn't. I don't know. It's just, you know, it's just how, you know, right. it's like, no, that's like if you truly can understand that you could have been born into anything, then you have to have a level of empathy that 
that certain, you know, the people are just not expressing. But it's scary to express that because then you don't have a reason to justify your actions or your fear, right? As soon as you start accepting that, then you really are in the shit because then it's like, oh, so I, oh, so I have no reason to feel, to be, to feel entitled the way I do. None at all. Okay. Like, oh, that's terrifying, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, and, and like you were saying, and I think, and it's human, it's human nature. I mean, um, like you said, people who have whatever they have accomplished means this and that, and it kind of castigate those who don't as it being somehow, you know, well, that's, that's the reason you don't have things is because of, of you know, they, they assign it to character well, because you don't yeah. do this and you haven't been this. And, you know, the reason I have these things is because I am these, you know, so it's easy. I mean, we all do that. We all rationalize and fool ourselves and think we have stuff because whatever, you know, whatever we've accomplished, you know, it's all it's ego. Right. What do you think about, um, and I swear to you, I'm just enjoying this conversation, but I seriously am going to get, I do want to get into your teenage years because I think, because <laughs> I, I think, A, that's what my podcast is supposed to be sort of about. But also, uh, I want to, I want to hear, I want to hear how, because you've done such great stuff and you've worked on uh, not only your own great comedy, but you've also worked on shows that, you know, again, kind of ironically, like the fact that you and I would be talking when all this is happening, like I'm talking to somebody who has been... A, a voice a voice in entertainment uh in one way or another about these very things in a way that reflect far further back than you know this week i put on a black lives matter t-shirt or whatever um but uh but but when you said what you said just now i did admittedly and this been on my mind this year anyway because of uh because of some Supreme Court stuff that we've all kind of been paying attention to. But what, is, what, do, you, what do you personally, Dwayne, feel about like a Clarence Thomas point of view? You know, the sort of like, because that feels the anti of, you know, that feels like the kind of person that I perceive, and I could be wrong, but I do perceive him as shaming black communities for not lifting themselves up. Like somehow they need to be punished for that. Does that ring true for you? Or? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, he he kind of one of the kind of personifies what I'm talking about. It's like people, people again the ego because he's he's against what set asides or whatever it is the uh, uh, for um, education. Yeah, something that he himself benefited yeah, yeah. from. Oh yeah, like yeah, like uh, yeah. I think he was uh, affirmative action, all that kind of stuff. Affirmative. He was just right. like no, 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 no. Yeah, it was good for me because, you know, I'm me. But you all, you know, you need to lift yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, people, you know how that is. I mean, they compartmentalize. You know, I can do things because it's me. But now you, you on the other hand, you got to live up to these certain, have these certain values and principles. And yeah, I don't mean, Clarence Thomas is, is uh, I don't want to. You know, I used to like real be really harsh on that cat, which I mean, I don't think he's a great person. I think he's, uh, he, I don't want to start saying he's self-hating. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if he hates himself. Maybe he doesn't hate. Maybe he loves himself. I don't know. Yeah. Certainly, I don't know if he's too fond of black folk, though. I don't think he. Uh, I think it's important to him to be what he perceives to be uh, a good example two white people. Right. You know, I think I think he's cognizant of that, you know. Which, you know what? The other side of it is that we all come up under this uh you know, in this with colonized minds to some degree, right. you know, and however you deal with that, you deal. So I I can't I don't as I've gotten older, I don't you know, it's easy to say, Oh, you black, you should think like this and if you mm -hmm. don't, but you know, we all deal with you know, being black, being a woman Hey, being being white, you whatever that is, whatever that issue is. But you know, you 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 deal with it, and you you learn to deal with it as you as you as you move through this life. However, you do. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not asking, and, and and yeah, I don't mean to put you in the position where like suddenly it's your job to call out Clarence Thomas. I think for me, it's just yeah. I've become with him and with every uh, Supreme Justice. Uh, <laughs> judge and mm -hmm. and anybody in the criminal justice system it, it's it's mm -hmm. it's just uh like 
you're right. He's a human being and he has had the very specific and unique experience that he has growing up and being the person that he is. And unfortunately, or fortunately, as the case may be, depending on who it is and what their experience is and what they're bringing to the table, uh, you're always dealing with a human being. And when the human being is the person that's, um, you know, one eighth or one twelfth or one twenty fourth responsible for how other people serve prison sentences or don't or what prisons look like or what a woman's body can and can't do all of that kind of stuff like that's intense you know what i mean like i remember when i was an assistant manager at pottery barn in san francisco and i was like you know remember like like hiring and firing people at 21 feeling like i don't think i should have this authority like i'm not (laughs) i'm not that grown up and like i'm sure i'm doing things that i don't even know i'm doing now try to imagine being the person who's like hmm let me interpret this country's entire history of law and make a decision based on whether or not i had breakfast it just feels like oh that's so scary but that's democracy I guess. <laughs> I know, man. I I was I was when Trump got elected, I started questioning democracy. Like, man, maybe democracy is not a good idea. Yeah. And, yeah. But I mean, it's certainly a decent idea. But to to participate, and I'm not saying I'm qualified. That's why I'm like to run for president, man. I think you should at least have to pass a psychological exam. Oof, agreed. Agreed. You know, you gotta you gotta take it well, although. Maybe this is not a, making my point now with everything that's happened, but you know, you got to take a psych exam to be a cop. Well, but I guess that's just, you know. Yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> what's I, that I, exam? I probably, I probably undercut my own point. <laughs> yeah. Well, it all depends yeah. on what's on the test. It all depends on what's on the test. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. If you're looking for a new comedy podcast, why not try the Beef and Dairy Network? It won Best Comedy at the British Podcast Awards in 2017 and 2018. Also, I There were no horses in this country until the, the mid to late 60s. Specialist bovine arse vet. Both of his eyes are squid's eyes. Yogurt buffet. She was married to a bacon farmer who saved her life. Farm-raised snow leopard. True. Download it today. That's the Beef and Dairy Network podcast from MaximumFun.org. Also, maybe start at episode one, or weirdly, episode 36, which for some reason requires no knowledge of the rest of the show. Uh, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in the Chicago area? I grew up in, yeah, in Chicago, and then the south suburbs, and then back in Chicago. Uh, and and yeah. what and what was your high school experience like? Did you go to a public school? Was it huge? Was it? I went to a public school, and my, when my parents divorced, we we moved, and I went to it. It was a predominantly white school, and uh, it was. I mean, I had fun. I, there was a there was a few very. I think at the time I went to this school, it was predominantly. It was probably like ninety eight, ninety nine percent white. Um, it it's not anymore. Yeah. but it was when I so there was a few black folks there who then became my friends because uh, anytime you saw a black person at that school, you just glommed on to, <laughs> okay, you're going to be my friend. We're going to be friends. You know? Yeah. Why, uh, yeah. how did that, so that just worked out in terms of like where they lived, the school district was what it was. And uh, were yeah. you nervous about that uh, going in? Did you have like an awareness that things were going to change? Uh, I was, I was probably nervous just, it being a new experience and I was always kind of shy in a way and, you know, kind of a cautious person. So that, and then I'm trying to think, cause I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to compare it to, but I mean, I had some, I had some fun. I had good, some good times, but then I had some, some things that happened that, you know, I always felt kind of, I, I, you know, not always, but certainly were kind of intimidating or menacing, you know, right. uh, cause I would hear things. I had things, a few things happen to me. and But, you know, like everybody does growing up. But I had some, I mean, some things that were specifically like racial incidents. But for the most part, probably the racism I was experiencing, I wasn't even aware of because it's probably things people were doing that I, I, you know, that were benign acts of racism, right. you know, 
like 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 maybe not including you in on something right. you know those type of things that you don't even are you're not even aware that you're being uh disc- I don't know, discriminated against is the word but just slighted or whatever it might be right. you know what was your was the neighborhood um, you lived in was that also like a predominantly white neighborhood at the time it was yeah the time we moved in was predominantly white at the time uh, like i said my my parents divorced and we moved out the, my mother moved us out there and Although I, the the first uh, Latino, first he was this cat was a, a Mexican American. He was the first Mexican I had ever met. Her first Mexican American, but also he was he was the first Mormon I ever oh, met. Oh, now we're talking. Was, yeah, his family was not Catholic. You know, traditionally they were Mormon. Yeah. man. I was yeah. <laughs> How was he practicing, or was he like, all right, Dwayne? Let me just tell you what's going on here. My parents, because I say this by the way, my mom uh, was was Mormon and had and I had to go to church with her, even though that was not something I believed in. Um, so when uh, you when you use the M word, I really perk up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, and and then actually, I have a, a great friend who's a who's a wonderful uh, graphic novelist. Um, Terry Blass, who's who has written, who wrote a graphic novel about growing up Mexican American and Mormon, and like how much of a oh, how wow. much of a, a mind fuck that was. Um, but uh, did you? So did you? Like how much of the the sort of Mormon side did you see as his buddy? Not, I mean, he never talked to me about being a Mormon or anything, you know, at all, because we were kids. Yeah. So he, you know, he was more interested in music. You know, he was a he, PA, he played piano, and so he he we you know we talked about music and listen to music and being a Mormon. No, that didn't that didn't really come up at all. I don't even yeah, I don't know if they, what is it like temple? They go to temple. Yeah, Mormons? you go to a what regular church, but then if yeah, if something special's church. going okay. on, then I guess you go to a temple. I've never actually been okay. To one, but, so, but no, he we yeah. didn't we didn't really talk about that at all. And I didn't like I'd been to his crib a couple times for dinner, but I didn't see anything. You know. It seemed all the same to me. Yeah. To be honest with you, they weren't doing their jobs because they actually probably should have tried to get you to come to church with them. Um, that's part of. It. Well, but you know what though? But no. But here's the thing though. At the time, because see, don't this was in, this was when black people weren't allowed in the church. Oh God, I forgot about that. How could I forget about that? How could I forget about that? It's a classic. It's a classic uh, symptom of the Mormon Church being always too far behind everything else. Oh yeah. my God. So. Oh well. Then listen, you're just lucky that he was. You were able to come over. Those sound like good people. I got to right. tell you something. That they sound think, like good people. Uh, right. Right. Um, yeah, he was not. <laughs> Cool and and did how was the school experience just academically was that so did you care about that stuff did if were you impatient to get out and be you know a person outside of high school what what did you did you were you did you have like sports stuff you liked what were you into the only thing in school i was good at was art and gym english a little bit but i wasn't a great student um i just went to school and just kind of was there didn't really participate you know, like I said, step unless it was art, art gym. You know, like I said, a little English, but I was uh, mostly either I'd just go there to see my friends, talk, hang out. I mean, I wasn't hanging out, like I wasn't in the hallways, but just you know, I was just, I don't know, I was just, I was just enjoying the company more so than applying myself academically. Yeah. So I think I used to think this when I was young, like, man, this is great, just being young and being alive and just being just to be in the world not so much like preparing to be anything else yeah, you know, yeah. but just yeah i will i don't think i was this is cool either. i got the, okay mission accomplished yeah. in my mind. <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely i didn't know i was gonna have to prepare myself to be something <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> what what was the art stuff that uh that you that you took to i just love to draw nice uh you know uh sketch and whatnot pencil and yeah, that kind of thing. I, I think about, man, I need to get back and start doing that again. Start to use whatever talents I got, especially now with people spending, you know, spending so much time in the house yeah. and or away from other, you know, other activities. So. Drawing to me is, always seemed like just something I would never, I should never even bother trying to develop. It just seemed like something that if I was going to be good at it, I would have... Yeah, you know, I would be good at it, and I and I found it so intimidating that I just like 
uh, on this podcast a lot. I think I think it comes up a lot, this idea of like you sort of when you're younger, you can either go like, oh, I could do I, oh, I could do anything. Or in, in some cases, you yes. see someone else being good at something and you're like, oh, they oh, they got that. That's not for me. I've oh, I, uh-huh. I see that person is very good at this thing. Um, I don't even know how to begin to start to learn how to do this thing. So I guess I just won't because I guess that's something that I already, you know, like <laughs> as if as if everyone's path is the same. Like, well, if I were going to become uh, an illustrator, you know, if I if I was going to get good at drawing, I, I would have done that by now at 14 or whatever. So I guess right. I guess that's something that belongs to someone else. You know, I had no foresight, which I'm thinking now I still don't have much foresight, but I mean, back then, as a kid, I'm thinking, because I'm as old as I've ever been, I will always be in this state. I don't know why it didn't, like, dawn on like I said, to prepare to be something when I got, although when I was younger, here's the thing now, I loved stand-up comedy, just watching yeah. it on TV. So I did kind of do that, but I don't ever remember saying, man, um, that's not, you know what, that's the only thing I really think about that I've thought about being as that I thought about as a kid that I could possibly do when I got older was stand up. That was it. I think. Yeah. Who were who? Yeah, or musician, but that didn't work out. Did you try? Yeah, I took guitar lessons, but I didn't have, you know, I think it helps we have talent. Oh, listen, I don't, I mean, listen, I took, <laughs> I took a fair amount of guitar and I, I'm not terrible and I still never practice and never do anything with it. So, um, but, uh, but who were, who, who were you watching, uh, do stand up that you thought, now, wait a minute, my brain works kind of like this. Like maybe I could do this. Well, it was like the, you know, Cosby and Pryor and Robert Klein and, um, you know, George Carlin and, Everybody, just everybody, and then te- you know people who were much less famous, but just people you see on television, on on the Johnny Carson show, and on the Tonight Show, and you know just just seeing that, it's like man, that I thought that was extraordinary. How could they just take you know because it was it was a certain logic, you know some of these comedians, you know you know maybe not a physical comedian, but just somebody who's just talking, um, and uh, but uh, employing a certain logic that would make sense but yet be funny mm-hmm. like man that seemed extraordinary to me and and, and i was kind of a, i think I, I was funny as a kid to around people who i wasn't shy around and i could make people laugh so you're talking about such a rich time too in in comedy in terms of like the perspectives and the and the styles you know even just the people that you yeah, listed like where everybody is so different it wasn't like you know right. uh you know, I was talking to someone recently who was who was talking about the like the Catskills type of humor that's like Milton Berle, like everyone sort of has the uh, the sort of same background or the sort of same material from a certain era that is like a little more uh-huh. cookie cutter. Uh, and then like how mind blowing uh-huh. it is when you start to see, you know, Richard Pryor performing um, and, and yeah, George Carlin and people that you're just like, oh, shit, like there's a lot of different ways to go about this thing. Right, right, exactly. That's the, that's the thing I would, I loved about it, which I still do. It's like reading different philosophers. Mm, you know, I you love ever do, that. and then you just like, man, this philosophy is different than that philosophy, but they all make sense. You know? I love that comparison. I, I would say I wish that people jumped to the comparison of comedy and philosophy more often. I think you just like hit something in a deep vein of me that's like, yes. That's a really, gr- I mean, that's a, you know, people talk about the philosophy of writers, you know, and sort of, but like mm-hmm. comedy is, that's a, that's a hugely public facing accessible way to, into understanding some like kind of basic philosophies that are, that are, that are about being a human being on a daily basis that I think is so special. And I, and, and I love, I love that. I love what you just said. All right. I like being useful. <laughs> what about what about dating? Did you uh, did you have any special uh, special relationships when you were in high school? I had some girlfriends, uh, but here, you know what? I've messed up so many people's lives, but that's kind of overstating it. But I had I had I had girlfriends, but I was like, I remember not. I had a girlfriend, and she wanted to go to prom. I was thinking about this just the other day. 
and how, but I didn't go to prom. I was so shy and, and I was scared. I didn't want to dance. I was scared to dance. I didn't know how to dance. I was like, man, I don't know how to dance. She's gonna want to slow dance. I just, I would worry about it so much. So I avoided going, taking her to prom because I, you know, she, I mean, no, no, put it this way. I avoided going to prom. She actually went, she went with somebody else. She wasn't gonna not go to prom because I had issues. But, uh, but I had, you know. If that's, if that's your version of messing up, up someone's life, then you're a better person <laughs> than I am. <laughs> no, no, I've done something, you know, as time went on, I did a, you know, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, uh, I had a couple, you know. I don't know. I would dating. I don't know if I date. Yeah, I guess we, we yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, you know. Um, when you, uh, do you have siblings when you when your parents split up and you uh, went with mm-hmm. your mom? Was it just the two of you or do you have, were there No, no, uh, two younger sisters. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. How much younger? Five years and eight years, I believe. Okay, yeah. so you probably weren't faced with like I'm a senior, she's a sophomore, and my friends are like going after her, wanting to date her, which sounds like a nightmare to oh, me. Oh yeah, no, no, right, right, and right, because what could I do? I can't. I mean, you know, yeah, I can't fight. You know, I, I yeah. I <laughs> tell you, now I I was talking to a friend of mine the other night about this, like you know, regrets. That's what we talk about, man. What do you regret? What would you have done differently? I think going back, if I could have done this different. What would I have done? I would have taken martial arts as a kid. I would have done that. Oh, sure. Yeah, because... I kind of feel the same way. Yeah, you know, because just the, some of the incidents I've had in my life and encountered, it's like, man, if I knew how to fight, I would be fighting this person. Or or, or, uh, or uh, putting a stop to a fight, you know. But I always felt like, man, I'd be angry enough to fight, but I knew I didn't know how to fight. So I figured, let me just... Uh, let me just go somewhere and let this anger subside because I don't want to get murdered. Uh, first of all, I don't. I think not getting murdered is always uh, the, the best way to go. Um, that's a t- that's a t- that's a tough thing about like anybody I've ever known who, which is not very many people, but anybody I've ever known who spent any time in law enforcement, be it like a defense attorney or a you know assistant to the prosecutor or like just a cop or whatever. Mm. I mean, across the board. Like it's 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 kind of eerie because I think many of us who, you know, feel like we have, you know, good hearts and uh, and and want to show up for people emotionally, whatever that, you know, whatever it means to show up for somebody. And we like to think that if something were going down between two people and we could help stop it, that we would want to. And then across the board, everyone I know who actually has had day to day experience with that stuff goes, don't get involved. (laughs) never get involved you know what i mean get out of there don't break up a knife fight you'll die don't break up this you'll get hit don't stop this girl from being because she's gonna and then you'll get hit on the head with it you're like oh but what about like how i'm a hero what about how what about how i jump in and i save the day with my karate what what about that and they're like no get out of there don't do it it's just gonna be injuries and litigation Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, okay, that's not a very romantic reality, but I guess right. I maybe I have to pay attention because you, you, you know, these are people who are seeing it maybe a little more often. But oh yeah, yeah, I talk about those constant reminders of like the ways in which you think you're jaded, and then you find out like you are so many miles away from jaded. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you hear uh, stuff, you're like, oh. <laughs> I think that uh, some of those guys like who had those those visions or fantasies of avenging avenging wrongs or saving people who could actually draw be just became comic book artists a hundred percent created you know 100%. comic book characters yeah did you ever read comics oh i did yeah a little bit spider-man and you know batman and you know the traditional ones you know not so much superman because as you and then you know i didn't never superman didn't really appeal to me that much. And then you you don't even know why until you get older and realize, oh, it's because basically he's omnipotent. And that's there's no yeah. drama to that. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Hi, I'm Dave Hill from before. And I'm very excited to bring Dave Hill's podcasting incident back to Maximum Fun, where it belongs. 
You can get brand new episodes every Friday on MaximumFun.org or, you know, wherever. And while my partner Chris Gersbeck and I might lack in specific subject matter on our podcast, we make up for in special effects. Chris, add something cool right here. Also, we have explosions, animal noises, and sometimes even this. Dave Hill's podcasting incident every Friday on Maximum Fun. Chris, do another explosion right here. All right. Well, I want to get into this mash game with you, and I can't remember if uh, if there was Sheila warned you about this at all. But it really requires very little on your part. Mash is a game that uh, many many, uh, particularly young women, uh, but played when I was when I was little, and and continue to play now. Um, and it's basically like a a, a fantasy future slash alternate universe. Mm-hmm. Which uh, when I saw like into the Spidey verse, I was like, yes, this is what my mash games have been this whole time i've been i've been spinning off these 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 other new alternate universes for people with my mash games they get me uh but so so basically i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you some questions you're just gonna give me answers off the top of your head i'll do some what i can uh, is is not even rudimentary enough to be called math i'll basically just do like uh some some strokes of my pen and then we're going to reveal your 100 percent guaranteed alternate universe mash life um So MASH stands for Mansion, Apartment, Shack, or House. So that's baked into the game. Basically, wait, wait, wait. End what? Up with one it's, of those. it stands for what? Mansion, Apartment, mm. Shack, mm. or House. Oh, okay. So, that, so what's built in is what kind of house slash like your, what your abode is going to be like. And oh. then everything else I, I'm going to throw at you. Uh, with categories of our own that I'm going to take and hopefully uh, you will enjoy talking about because it's some sort of reflection of stuff we've talked about. Um, But then there's also just some basic categories like the one I'm about to do, which is whether you have been there in real life or not, uh, three places in the world, we're going to make it so that you could teleport to them. So getting there is no problem. COVID-19, not a thing in this alternate universe. Uh, And you can just chill uh, at in one of these places so like a vacation home um that we're going to give you to escape to whenever you want three places in the world you'd like to go uh new york san francisco uh michigan is that too vague michigan do i need a specific place no all right beautiful okay next category let's do three (laughs) comic book (laughs) superpowers three comic book related superpowers okay which is to say that you can like magically lift a lot of comic books but like three superpowers you would find in a comic book uh that you would wouldn't mind having oh man okay now this is a good game i like this i'll be thinking about this (laughs) three superpowers i would like to have uh super strength (laughs) i was gonna say uh X-ray vision so I can see the white man's motives. Nah, but nah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, if only they were visible in just that exact way. It'd be, right. No, no. Somehow it would be helpful. <laughs> right. Now, what, what are the superpowers? Um, the two, I think the two most classic that get brought up in conversations tend to be like flight or invisibility. Um, neither of which I necessarily would want yeah, for myself. Yeah, I don't but think those I are wanna... ones that come up. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought about flying. Super... I don't know if I want to fly. Um... Yeah, super speed. I wouldn't mind. Or like sometimes I have dreams where I'm not flying. I'm just like bounding as if I as if like the ground is a trampoline. I was going to say, sort yeah. of like it's like anti gravity kind of almost. But I'll say super speed as well as super strength. Uh, invisibility Great. up until about a week ago, black folks already had that. Um, <laughs> I, had to, I had to get sociological on you, you know. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> but um, no, let me see. Okay, so super strength, uh, super speed, and uh, I don't know if this is a superpower. Do they have any superheroes who are like just super smart? I guess like Dr. Professor X or somebody. Yeah, I'm gonna put super smart because that encompasses all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I think that's great. I think yeah. that's great. Okay. Uh, okay, great. Next category: three foods 
that uh, in this reality that we live in, you and me, either you're allergic to or you, you know, you, you, it's that thing you wish you could eat a lot of, but you start to feel sick and you're like, I'm not ready to feel sick yet. This tastes too good. Or, uh, or something that's like hard to get because it's expensive or far away. Uh, in this world, everything's equal. So three things that you would love to be able to eat whenever you want, snap of your fingers and zero ramifications. Okay. I was going to give you a type of food, but that, I don't want to change the game. Because I, I was going to say sushi, but that's not a specific Oh, no, food. you could say sushi. For oh, sure you could say sushi. Sushi is my yeah, because, jam. Because, yeah, because that, that's like the same as pizza. It's like pizza, the perfect food. You don't okay. have to get more specific than that. Okay, sushi. Beautiful. Uh, here's something I would love to eat all the time if there were no physical consequences. German chocolate cake. Oh, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're talking. And uh, let me get, so sushi's healthy. German chocolate cake is just, you know, beautiful. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me see. Okay, here's a food. I'm going to get, I'm going to get, uh, I was going to say black on you. I'm going to get maybe black or southern on you. Chitlins. That's, you know oh, what chitlins yes. are? I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. Basically, anything, anything in the South that ends up in a fryer of any kind, it's like, yeah. Yeah, chitlins. Why did I say chitlins? Uh, <laughs> I love chitlins, but I don't. I don't eat them that often. Chitlins, chitlins are one of those things that I've been. I've eaten them since I was a kid. But if I were just introduced to chitlins now, I probably wouldn't eat them. Oh, I I totally get that. I feel yeah. like there's uh, there's a few things like that for me too. But you know what? That's what this game is for. We're living in an imaginary world. Let's get some chitlins in there. Why not? <laughs> um <laughs> okay next category three movies that you can jump into and just be in you're not reliving the plot you're not a character in there it's just like an escape like you just get to get in there and just hang oh wow see the movies i like are movies like i don't want in real life i wouldn't be in one involved in like the godfather good you'd be surprised how many people decide they want to go into the godfather it's very popular people uh, are ready to go in and, and risk getting shot to be with the corleones <laughs> i'll tell you yeah they're uh, ready well what the heck i'll be cliche i say the godfather force gum great and uh trying to think of a movie that like a romantic comedy or something oh sure um you know what and i say black panther oh great yeah yeah, that's like that's one of those movies that I just disappeared into it so hard in such yeah. an enjoyable way. And then I was shooting something in Georgia and we like drove up onto, you know, just like a field with a farm next to it, like a, a barn next to it. And they're like, well, this is Wakanda. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, what oh. are you talking about? And they're like, this is where we shot those scenes. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> in oh, the boy. future. Don't tell me that. <laughs> Right. In the future, I don't want to imagine it being next to a barn. Well, they say don't meet your heroes and don't, don't meet, meet your... where you, and don't meet where your movies were shot. It's so true. <laughs> That's exactly that is exactly exactly right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next category. This this is a mash game. A mash game is not complete without some romance. So this is your opportunity to name three lovely ladies from any period of time. They can be fictional characters, real people. Uh, you know, any age, any era. Uh, that you would like to have maybe some uh, romantic slash sexy times with in this oh, uh, alternate universe we're building for you. Yeah, that starts with. Um... Ooh. Angela Bassett. Oh, yes, indeed. And then... Uh, God, I can't remember the first thing I saw her in. I mean, I feel like it was like pre-Stella Gets Her Groove Back. She's she's She showed up, I mean, obviously playing Tina Turner, but like she's definitely one of those people that the first time you see her in anything, it's like you really sit up and take notice. You're like, yeah. wait, hold on, hold on. The rules just changed. Who right. is this? What's going on? Like, who is this amazing goddess? What's happening? Exactly. Like, who is this movie star in this yep. movie? And, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some her face is so her face is dramatic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Angela Bassett, Dorothy Dandridge. Ah, very nice. And uh, Pam Greer. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Fabulous. I was going to say Scarlett okay. Johansson, but I'm going to say Pam Greer. All right. I like that you're giving it up for Pam. She's yeah. uh She's got a special place in my heart as well. Okay. Um, okay. 
Excellent. Uh, okay, next category. Let's do uh, three musicians, bands, composers, singer songwriter, whatever, whatever you, whatever you uh, want to assign for this. Who um, is basically that three different musicians that you would like to compose like a soundtrack to your life? So, oh man, that's a good one too. All, all songs. That's all for you. Yeah. Um, that capture your experience of being you. I say the national. Oh, second uh, that. The Hold Steady. Nice. And uh, Gil Scott Heron. Great, 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 great. And, and, uh, and, okay. and just for the record, Bob Dylan rules over everything, but, you know, I'm going to stick with those three I gave you. I like it. You don't... Yeah. This Bob Dylan's like the prom. You're like, I don't know if Bob's ready to just have to do a soundtrack for me. (laughs) I got to work my I got to work my way up to Bob. I got to have a better Uh, life for Bob to. uh, (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be in great shape if you get any one of these three. I think these are fantastic choices. Uh, Okay, next category. There's two just two more categories. So quickly, next category is let us do. I like this one because I'm curious to see what you'll say. So we're going to take wherever you are now and we're just going to add a magical room uh, to your house, to your apartment, whatever that is, uh, f- that that has sort of a purpose that you're, is not being met with where you are now. So it could be you go- walk in and it's a forest. It could be you walk in, it's a recording studio, um, any, any extra room. And it's like, you know, size is not an issue. Okay. A studio. That's what I want. A studio, art, art studio to paint and draw. Wonderful. Yeah. And then two more. Two more. Some okay. other purpose. A gym. I mean, I do I do push-ups and stuff in a room, but maybe a little gym. You know? Yeah. And a library. Nice. So I could look at all the books that I'm never going to read. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know that you can just go into a beautiful library and osmos uh, all the words and thoughts? If you stay there long enough, eventually that stuff's gonna just like sink in. I think. Oh yeah, like a movie yeah. I never saw, but Limitless. Like a isn't that kind of the premise of Limitless? Oh yeah, yeah. Or even The Matrix, which is one of the things I say sometimes. Oh, I'm right. like, oh, you down you download this skill like it's yeah. a chip or a pill you take, yeah. and suddenly you're like, I know kung fu. Right. Right, right, right. The Matrix, right. That's basically that's basically what this whole mash game is. Okay, yeah. and last category. Let's say three people from any time in history, regardless who they are, whether they're painters, comedians, writers, uh, three people that you would have liked to collaborate on uh, something with. Okay, Leonardo da Vinci. Great. Um, Jack Johnson. Nice. I don't know if be much collaboration going on with any of those people, but okay. And and uh, <laughs> no, in this universe, they're happy to have you. And there Tesla, you yeah. Nikola Tesla. Yes. That's a nice. That's a nice group. Very different group. Okay. Okay. Uh, pick a number between one and seven. Okay, five. All right, great. So I'm gonna do my little like eeny meeny miny mo thing that I okay. use this what I use this number for. And if you, in the meantime, I would love for you to tell the fine listeners uh, about the album, where they can get it, where they can find you and follow you, and all that good stuff. Oh, Jen, thanks for everything. You would, man. Oh my gosh. Shoot. Uh, the album is called "Who the Hell Is Dwayne Kennedy," and it's available on Oakhead Records uh, through Bandcamp. So, Oakhead Records, Bandcamp, who the hell is Dwayne Kennedy? And I'm, I have a, I'm on Facebook. That's the, like, I guess old school at this point. But Facebook, Twitter, still very alive though. Still very alive. That yeah, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Although Instagram, I have exactly one post. <laughs> Up until about a month and a half ago, or wait, May. Whenever the album was released, that's when I added that post of the picture of the album cover. Prior to that, I had no post, but I had 52 followers. Oh, well, there yeah. you go. People, people couldn't They're wait ready. to see what I wasn't doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the troops. They're ready, willing, and able to show up for if and when you ever decide. It doesn't cost anything for them to just keep it, keep it, keep it open yeah. and post something. They're going to see it. Yeah, so see since I put that picture up, now I think I got 140, I don't know, 45, something, whatever I got. But 
I still don't have anything up there other than the one picture. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's like, uh, that's basically you're earning interest in a bank. It's like you put a little bit of money down <laughs> and then you walked away and now right. you're just like amassing the interest and there's just going to collecting. That was um, like, right. with, with my Twitter account, it was inactive for a year because I, anyways, this is a whole story. I got a new phone, which I couldn't access my Twitter account somehow. Forgot the password, this and that. Finally got it straightened yeah. out. And in that year that I was inactive, I think I added like two or 300 followers. <laughs> how, how does that work? I know. <laughs> I'm more interesting when I'm not around. <laughs> oh my God, I could not speak your language more on social media. So uh, I, 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 you're not gonna get any judgment from me for having <laughs> one one follower not being on it at all it is it is understandable uh that's exactly what if that that's exactly what could have happened to me i would have like gotten blocked out of twitter and then a week later i swear to you i would have been like and what was twitter again that seems so long ago to me right right i just would have out of sight out of minded it so fast yeah um all right so i'm excited about this uh alternate universe this future, this, uh, however we want to think about it. I think you've got some very exciting stuff going on. Uh, first of all, I'm excited to share with you that you have a, wait for it, mansion in San Francisco. Yeah. Which is basically the equivalent of five mansions anywhere else in the world. I know so, that's right. well done. Well <laughs> done on your beautiful mansion in SF. Okay. Uh, you want to get up there from here, don't worry. You don't even need to get in a car because you have super speed. So you can just tear right up the uh five you could tear up the 101 hell tear up the one (laughs) it's gonna take you no time at all you can go the scenic way okay super speed super speed you when you get there you're probably gonna be very hungry because super speed does burn a lot of calories i want you to rest assured you can have unlimited sushi zero cost zero ramifications just as much as you want forever you are also uh, at home where you are now in the Chicago area. You have a beautiful art studio as uh, part of your home. Uh, unsurprisingly, linked to that, uh, you collaborated with, oh, just a guy named Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah. So here we have some combining of arts and sciences. So I'm sure you're working on all kinds of great stuff in this art studio of yours. Yeah. You can also, if you just want to take a break, uh, jump into Forrest Gump whenever yeah. you want so you also are like traveling all through time which i think is super awesome uh you have a soundtrack to all of this and more provided to you by the hold steady yeah and speaking of holding someone steady i just <laughs> what, really want to i want to pause to let people turn off the podcast right now <laughs> for that joke speaking awesome. of holding someone steady <laughs> you, I'm very glad you elected to stay with her because you did end up with a very sexy, smart, funny, and wonderful Pam Greer. Yeah. Oh, man. So, this... well done, you. You know what? Now, now I'm sad. This this show was actually uh, better than my real life. <laughs> better than my actual life. Like, oh, man. I wish I could be back with There, There is the danger of that. There is the danger of... Oh, wait, I got to Yeah. But listen, uh, live live in that space. It's happening for you. It's happening in this alternate universe. Dip into it and uh, and and cherish uh, cherish those fun things that, that you just got. Um, okay. And everyone, I encourage you very strongly to listen. Social. You want to go surprise Dwayne and add a bunch more followers to his social media as just kind of. Uh, yeah, I did it, even though you're never on it. Feel free to do so. Um, but uh, if nothing else, make sure you check out that album. Uh, there's one last thing that <laughs> it's Steve Agee's fault because when I said I've been doing the podcast for a while and I said, oh, I want to do, I want to have podcast guys sometimes. Like I, when I started this podcast, there just weren't that many voices uh, for women in podcasting. Um, mm-hmm. Now that's not as much the case. And there's and there's so many great dudes that I wanted to hear. Like what was their experience being a teenager and so many listeners who were asking. And I said, maybe if I just do it in the summer and Steve Agee's like, yeah, I can call it your boys of summer series. And I was like, oh, I'm going to. 
Right. I'm That's going to. One. And I'm going to and I will see it and I will raise you a I'm going to make them sing some of Boys of Summer at the end of every episode. OK. Do you know that song? The I, I can summer see after the world the summer She had the radio on and um, she had something top turn lights, something about lights are low. Uh, yeah. Count, count yeah. me down, Janet. Help me out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, 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 I can't see you. Your brown oh, skin shining yeah. in the sun. Yeah. Right. Right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't... Yeah. 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 I like don't look back. You can never look back. If I look back. Oh, that's a good part. That's a yeah. good part. That that's yeah, that one's that wow. one's the that one's the auto out on the road today. I saw a dead head sticker on a Cadillac. Cadillac. Little voice inside my head said, "Don't look back. You can never look back." Yeah, uh, that's it. You you've absolutely fulfilled the requirement and so much more. So thank you for being a good sport about that. It's become oh, man, one of the was, most uh, one of the well, most embarrassing things for me to ask people to do. Yet I continue to do it. So <laughs> <laughs> now you should ask them to sing a. Uh, no, you know what you do. No, I don't want to do that. Start, start. I don't want to. I don't want to go, dude, on you. Uh, Janet, this is what you need to do. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna shut my mouth and. Oh man! And thank you for letting me be on the show. That's what I'm gonna do. Thank you so much for doing it. Thank you so much for doing it. It was uh, such a pleasure talking to you about about big stuff, little stuff, everything in between. And um, for the listeners, I will talk to you guys next time on the podcast. show is recorded by me and edited by julian burrell and as always the jv club theme song is back before we were brittle by the amazing say hi MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.